Welcome back to JB Squared. I'm JB Hager along with Johan Bernil, and we're going to look at stage 15 of the 2023 Tour de France. We see one of the most epic head to head GC battles we've ever seen. Uh, literally one that people are going to be talking about for decades. And we get to see another older veteran rider getting a stage win. We'll break all that down and get Johan's thoughts on this episode of JB Squared. All right, Johan, and, and rather than start out talking about the winner or the GC battle, which we most often do, um, we had another unfortunate incident of a crash caused by a spectator. And uh, it took down, what, 13, 14 riders, something like that. And uh, you just hate to see that happen. But you actually, when, when we did the move earlier, we didn't have any details on it, but you, you found, were able to find some video and uh, have a, a, a better idea of what happened in that incident. Yeah. Um, you know, as always, it was, it was a hectic start, trying, riders to go, trying to go in breakaways. A breakaway was going, and then uh, the the peloton came through a little town, and we could see that there was one spectator leaning out a little bit more to have his selfie or a selfie taken or video of of, of the whatever. I mean, if you're going there and you stand there waiting, then at least watch the race, you know, and don't try to film it, and then look at it when you're when you're back. Uh, then you, mean, you can see it on TV, and nowadays with you know, with the streaming services, you can rewatch it as many times as you want. So um, we saw this one spectator, uh, his arm was out with his phone and touched the forearm of Sepkus. Sepkus went down and uh, took out a few other riders, one of which was Nathan van Hooydonk, his teammate, who went down really hard. Um, so that was that was kind of, and it was completely in the front of the peloton. I mean, if you look, you see the crash, and on the left side you see Jonas Vingegaard and and Tadej Pogacar just escaping. Like it was completely in the front, um, and um, so then at that point, you know, uh, there was some hesitance in the in the in the peloton. The breakaway was gone already, so of course they won't wait. But there was this general consensus in the peloton that they would slow down. Let the riders come back. Jumbo, of course, had two guys on the floor. Um, they wanted to see how they were. And uh, and then finally that breakaway got six, seven, eight minutes. I mean, breakaway it was 35 riders. It was a big group. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it it can happen so I mean, if you it's a surprise, it's a miracle. It doesn't happen more often, JB. That's what yeah, I because- was thinking too. The 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 crowds have been there all day, they're drinking. They're partying. Yeah. It's just the atmosphere of it is it's just so different than anything on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's accessible for everyone. You know, it's free. Uh, people, you know, there's debates here. You know, people people start to say, well, you know, if it would be paying, there would be more discipline. And, they would, you know, they could, <laughs> they, first of all, you have to buy tickets. They could probably put more money into fencing certain parts of the of the race, I mean, they can't you make a good them. point. <laughs> friend of friend of mine said that owns a lot of bars. It always said all you need is a, a one dollar cover charge, and you get rid of get rid of most of the riffraff. One dollar, yeah, is all yeah. it takes. That's interesting. Yeah, um, 
I mean, it, that's obviously also what makes cycling so attractive. You know, mm -hmm. it is free for everybody. Uh, it's on the public road. So, you not you know, you don't work with a stadium where you can basically contain all the people and check whoever comes in. That's impossible in cycling. Um, so it is it is a difficult thing to to control. Uh, you know, they do 3,500 kilometers. Uh, it's impossible to fence the whole course, right? Um, and so, yeah, these things happen. These things happen, unfortunately. But uh, uh, I can see, I can see more and more people who are super, super excited. You know, they're especially in the mountains. You know, in the mountains, they're there from days ahead. Normally, the day before, they're there with their campers or with their camping tent. They do a little party. Then during the day, they have a lot of alcohol, music. They're super, super, super excited. And yeah, things happen. Yeah. And then you've, you've said to me too, the, the flags that they're all waving are just... Yeah. They drape over where the riders are going. They can fly out of your hands. They, they can go into a front wheel. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then yeah. you probably had to be thinking when you saw uh, Sepp Kuss go down, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is a this is a very important player in this story. This is, this is not a good guy to to be on the floor. I mean, nobody is, right? Right, but, right. But in, in Jumbo Visma's case, this is a key guy for the last week. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he was back up. Uh, he went to the doctor. He got all... You know, he had band-aids band on his on his right arm. Obviously, he must have been hurt. And and today, he was dropped a little bit earlier than normal. But still, you know, in no in no uh, moment did Vingegaard need him really on the last climb. Um, but this could be, you know, normally the day after crash, you're you're not feeling great. Tomorrow's a rest day it could have an impact on his overall condition, you know? Yeah. And he's fortunate that after the rest day is a time trial too, right? That yeah. maybe helps him recover a little bit. Well, well, it, it, it would be the case if Sepkus wouldn't be riding for top 10. He's in sixth place. That's right. I and think on the move, we were talked about, you know, being able to go easy. He's trying to keep that, that overall well, that's a personal position. decision that's a personal decision Ooh. i think uh i think the team should encourage him depending on how he feels tomorrow right tomorrow he will feel already okay i'm okay or not okay but but you know independently of that let's say the day after the time trial is going to be the most important stage of the whole tour de france on that last climb called the lalos that's like the most important climb Sepkus has already performed there incredibly in the past, in 2020, I think. Uh, three years later, I would think he's a lot better. So Sepkus will be the key guy on that last climb for Jonas Vingegaard. I'm, I, if I'm Jumbo Visma, I'm saying, hey, you know what, Sep? We absolutely don't care if you're sixth. You know what? If you have a bonus for a top 10 in a Grand Tour, we'll pay you the bonus. Yes. Forget about your sixth yeah. place. We need you fresh tomorrow. You in the time trial, you don't go fast. Yeah, you know he will go fast. I mean, the way the way the way I see these things, these guys just go for everything. Well, uh, well same same well, as same same as UAE. By the way, Adam Yates is doing an incredible job, 
but he's mm-hmm. in fourth overall and has potentially access to the podium. He's not far from third place. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, my perspective on it, just even in amateur racing, we would do these three-day stage races. 20 minutes of a time trial would take so much more out of me than a, th- a three-hour road race. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just would feel destroyed from that 20 minutes. Full, full out effort. Yeah, you go deep and you, you feel, and especially the day after you feel it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll know what their decision was with Coos when we watch on, on Tuesday, right? I want me to tell, I can tell you now what the decision will be. He's going to go full gas. Full gas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's talk about the winner today. Wout Poles. Um, great to see uh, an, another seasoned veteran get a win. Yeah. There, here's the good and the bad. And I want you to elaborate on it. And I know you've got some more info about leading up to this race with Wout Poles. The man gets to drop Wout Van Art, which we were all we were just jaws on the floor when we saw that. And then while he's crossing the finish line, the cameras are on the GC battle tour stage. First stage in the Tour de France. I mean, th- let's not forget this guy won Liège Baston Liège. Oh, there you go. I mean, <laughs> uh, and he was in his prime when he was on Sky and 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 the beginning of Ineos. Maybe not Ineos anymore. Don't remember this. But he was with with Chris Froome. He was like he was the Adam Yates or the Sepkus. You know that when he was pulling, there was three guys left. Um, so yeah, I mean, very unfortunate for him today that he got no TV exposure. I know. I mean, luckily we could all see, which is actually, I think, I think the moment that he will want to have on video. On is the moment he drops Walt Van Aert. We have that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then crossing the finish line. Okay, with those two clips, you can make a really nice memory, I would say. But, but we didn't. I mean, he went amazingly good. You know, he took he he put two minutes into Van Aert uh, on that last climb, and Van Aert was keep kept going. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a, a quality rider. Um, his uh lead up to the tour de france was not ideal i think he was foreseen to do the tour uh because he didn't do the he didn't do the giro and uh, but he got sick at altitude camp and he had to skip the dauphine libre which was their last kind of uh race to prepare uh couldn't do the dauphine and then got just in time got healthy to do the tour of slovenia but in slovenia he was uh he was not good. He was he was really not good. Um, and there, I think he. They said, "Well, you know, I mean, if if I'm if I'm like this, I I'm not going to the tour. I, I I'm you know I'm useless." Um, something must have happened. Uh, somebody must have gotten sick in Bahrain, and um, and then um, yeah, finally he got to the tour. I was surprised to see him at the start, and he was all that all the time in the back. So he was just the first half of the tour he was just being patient sitting in the bunch saving his energy uh but today when you see when you see him uh, go in the breakaway and i think yesterday actually he was in the breakaway too uh at some point that breakaway that never got a chance because jumbo was pulling so hard right um but yeah i mean and then when you see him get away with van art and especially you see him work together with van art i started to think hmm this guy thinks he can win, you know, 
Otherwise, you wouldn't pull with Van Aert, which, mm-hmm. for example, is something that I wouldn't. I don't understand that Mark Soler did because it was Van Aert, uh, Pools, and and Mark Soler, right? So two thirds of two thirds of that breakaway were Wouts, was Wout, Wout, and <laughs> and Mark. Um, but but yeah, I mean, then when they got to the steep slopes of that of that climb, he, he that acceleration was like wow. That was he was not kidding. He was he was going for it, and Van Aert had no response, and he stayed there for a while at fifteen seconds. But then he could you know get twenty seconds, twenty five, until finally he got over a minute, and then kept putting time in Van Aert. So uh, no amazing victory for him. Um, you know what? I'll amazing. add to that. They're right, just comparing those two in that situation. What pulls has been able to lay low and build strength. Yeah. Well, Van Aert, I mean. Yes, he did drop Wout Van Aert, but Wout Van Aert has been in the action for 15 days. Unbelievable. So the amount of energy spent on the two of them over this course of the tour is very different. If you just look at yesterday, JB, yesterday what Van Aert did, being in, you know, pulling, pulling, and then then even on the Jouplan getting dropped, coming back, uh, and then today, going in that breakaway, being the motor of that breakaway, because everybody was looking at him. Then, you know, one guy gets away, he goes after him, then drives drives that three, three-man three breakaway again. Um, Von Aert is, I mean, you know, once it, it looks like to me, like Von Aert in the Tour de France, once he has he, he gets warmed up, it's like there's no stopping him. It's a, he's a monster, mm-hmm. the guy, you know? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, a very emotional victory also once again for Gino Mader. You know, uh, second win of Bahrain. Uh, they have on their jersey, right for Gino. Um, on their helmets, I, I actually have seen a, lo- a few other riders of other teams who have that same sticker on their helmet, right for Gino. Uh, we all know, you know, unfortunately what happened uh, before before the tour with Gino Mader, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he was very, very, very emotional, Walt Pools. You know, this is a guy who's kind of on the verge of the end of his career, you know, like he's not as good anymore as he was. So he's up, he's in a, in a, this, this victory today gives him a few more years, uh, of his career, because if he would have had, you know, like a a regular season, maybe. In Bahrain, they could say, oh, well, you know what, listen, you know, we have other riders, you know, younger riders. He has a big contract for sure. So uh, so today's victory is definitely uh, super, super important for him. Yeah, I was looking at his contract. He's, so he's with Bahrain through next year. Oh, still that, has a contract for next year. For next okay. year. But if it was ending this year, right, and you don't have this win, yeah. that may yeah. have been it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's talk about the um, head-to-head battle we saw today with Pogacar and Vingago. Um, we all knew Pogacar was going to attack and try. Like he, he's he's going down, throwing everything at it, and it. You know, we saw uh, Vingago able to answer everything. Yeah. What, what was your take on this head-to-head battle, especially in that last two K? Yeah. Well, today I was I was a bit puzzled. I have to say because. Uh, at some point, UAE takes the the lead of the of the bunch. They start to set the tempo, first with 
Groshartner, then with Micah, uh, and then with uh, Adam Yates, of course. They had Mark Soler in the front. Uh, and you would expect an attack of Pogacar. By then, you know, Jonas Vingegaard was isolated. Um, but you know what? I mean, on a climb, it doesn't really matter if you're isolated because Pogacar could have two teammates, but no, none of those two can match Vingegaard anyway. So basically, whatever they're doing, setting the tempo, they're actually doing the same job for Jonas Vingegaard because as long as Pogacar doesn't attack, it's fine for him, right? So um, they always say, yeah, you know, these guys are better in numbers, but this is this is just theory you know i mean on a climb if you're good you follow your biggest rival and that's it it's one against one when it comes really down to the real attacks and so when adam yates was pulling um pogacar was in the wheel and and vingegaard was on the wheel of pogacar and i could see i don't know if it was just an impression that that I I'm I have doubts if today Pogacar didn't have like a less good day. Not I'm not gonna say a bad day, but a day that he was not super. And and on the contrary, during the whole stage, I could see Jonas Vingegaard looking really good. Like facial expression, looking comfortable on the bike, looking really feeling good on the bike. You can see that with little, you know, little things. It's hard to explain, but you can see, okay, this guy is, you know, he's riding his bike and he's feeling good, you know, where another guy is sometimes working his bike a little bit more. And I had the impression today that Vingegaard was in one of those days that he felt really good. So I don't know if Pogacar was bluffing or not, but, you know, he, he waited a long time to attack. He was kind of looking like he had trouble following the rhythm of Adam Yates. Obviously, that was bluff because... Then later he attacked and they he was back with Adam Yates in no time. But I'm wondering if Jonas Vingegaard didn't miss an opportunity today mm -hmm. to test Pogacar. Uh I would have I think I think Jonas had the legs today to put a little bit the hurt on him. And and you know what? Even even if he couldn't drop him, it would have been like a mental blow, you know, like Okay, I'm not just waiting you for here for Pogacar to attack. I'm attacking myself. Yeah, even if it's a couple seconds, just yeah. something, right? Of course, you know, there's always this doubt. Well, if I do, since they know that they are so tight, so close, there's this doubt that in in Vingegaard they say, okay, if I attack, what if he counterattacks? I can't and I can't follow. Then I look like a fool, right? So, so I think that's that's what happened today. Pogacar also said after the stage that, you know, he 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 tried, but the climb was not steep enough. It, it seems to me like nowadays climbs of nine to 10% are not steep enough anymore. <laughs> drop. It needs to be like really constant double digits for a while, which is crazy. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. I, you know, I, what kept going through my head and I was thinking back on recent tours, it's just, it seems like, just the slightest, and I shouldn't even say bad day, for these top GC guys, even one day where you're not 100%, it yeah. cost you the tour. It's going to come down to this, JB. It is going to come down to this in this Tour de France. Um, 
it it may be, I mean, it may be that we already had that day, you know, in stage five where, yeah. where Pogacar didn't feel great. And that's where he lost that minute. And that's where he lost the tour. Because if they stay the same as they are now, I don't know what's going to, I mean, normally the time trial should be, you know, showing, I mean, maybe not decisive, but it should be showing really who is the best. Okay. Unless, finish, unless they also finish in the, in three, four seconds. I mean, that would be something. <laughs> I know. It's not excluded. It's not impossible. Right. And for the record, they're only 10 seconds apart right now. Mm-hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Ventum, the all new GS1, starting with SRAM Apex AXS for just $29.99. Uh, and uh, it's an incredible uh, gravel bike. I just got the new GS1. And uh, if you have been watching the move or you listen to Outcomes, you've heard of Spencer Martin. He uh, is riding my GS1 right now because I brought my NS1 also. And he's like, wow, he loves it. Loves, loves, loves it. Uh, so you should check it out. It's really fun to go on their site and build out an NS1 or a GS1. Uh, and in fact, Spencer was asking me about some of the options that I had. He's like, well, these handlebars were one of the options because he really liked them. And uh, you can pick the crank length. You can pick the handlebar width. You can upgrade the wheels. I put the uh, Zip 303s on it. They, they look good. They feel good. Uh, anyway, you can build out your bike and they all have the same frame. NS1 or GS1, it's a top of the line, best carbon, whereas uh, some other brands downgrade the carbon for a lower end bike. All the frames are the same. You're riding the same thing that Lance and George ride. Uh, so go online and build it out. And uh, I think you'll you'll really like all the options in the process. It's actually pretty cool. So 10% off when you use the code we do at checkout at VentumRacing.com slash the move. Today's show is also brought to you by Ketone IQ, which is made by HVMN. And today was fun. On the move, we had Michael Brandt. He's the CEO of HVMN. HVMN. And we got to chat a little bit after the show uh, because some of the things I've been telling you this tour, I feel better with mental clarity. It's helped with um, all kinds of things, my ADD that I deal with. And he confirmed a lot of my suspicions about um, that it was the ketones, ketone IQ that was helping me. And another one that I've, I've forgotten to tell you about is, uh, forever. I was just a, a hardcore coffee drinker. You know, I was up at 4am working in radio forever. So four or five cups of coffee was not out of the question. And, uh, Michael confirmed for me that having the ketone IQ first thing in the morning, a shot, like you can do it, the small bottles or, or, or one like this, the big one I'm showing on YouTube, but, um, one shot and it's really suppressed, not only suppresses your appetite first thing in the morning, but, but my urge for coffee. So I've gone from like a four cup of coffee drinker to one. And I feel just as alert. I don't have the, the caffeine bonk that I've had forever. I mean, if you drink coffee, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just helped in a lot of capacities with mental clarity and energy and focus. So try a subscription so it gets sent to you on a regular basis. And I can give you a code here for 30% off and try it for a few months. And I think you'll see a difference. Uh, you can get that 30% off on your first subscription order at Ketone IQ at HVMN.com slash the move. Again, visit HVMN.com slash the move and subscri subscribe upon checkout for 30% off. Uh, okay, let's talk about this individual time trial. Um, 
why don't you elaborate on on you already described the conditions so i I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say this favors vingago uh going not into the time trial. Not, not not necessarily um i think they're equal they're both um you know vingago beat pogacar last year and the year before uh when when pogacar won the tour so I think it's different. First of all, it's it's a hard time trial. It's not it's not like a pure high speed time trial. Although, from what I hear, everybody's going to be using the fastest, most aero equipment in terms of bikes, helmets, spits, uh, skin suits. Um, but um, yeah, you could say Vingegaard last year was a lot stronger in the last time trial. Uh, and then the year before, Pogaccia was sure already of his of his win, and kind of didn't take any risks. Uh, but I really think they're very similar. Very similar. It's going to come down to the form of the day tomorrow. Um, Vingegaard is has a little tiny advantage because he starts last, uh, so he has. He has Pogacar in front of him. I don't know if it's going to be two or three minutes difference between the top ten. Usually, usually that's what they do. They do, they do every one and a half or two minutes, and then the last ten they do a bigger margin so that they kind of make sure that nobody catches the other guy. Hmm. Um, so in theory, Vingegaard will have the advantage because he will know the split times. In real time, his his split times compared with with Pogacar, uh, I think there's going to be two or three official split times of the race. But usually, what teams do is that, and especially when it's so tight here, and when they really don't know, you need information, right? So as soon as you start, you need to know after one two kilometers if you are on the right pace. Mm-hmm. Although nowadays that's also quite relative because they know what their pace is based on their power meter. But still, you want to know how you're doing compared to your rival, right? And so this would be a very good time for the TV coverage to do to play the radios splits. We would get a lot yeah. more information in the, in the in the time trial if we but were then, hearing them. But then you need to you, then it depends if the if the if the director tells the truth or not to the writer. <laughs> that's also another you know there i've been in situations like this where oh, okay here comes a good story here comes a good story. kind of have to you know if you if if you know that your rider is a slow starter and usually he gets better in the second part and you you have split times from another rider and he's a bit more behind than you would expect you know let's say after if after two kilometers uh let's say Jonas just for the you know for the sake of this exercise is five uh, is let's say eight seconds behind Pugacar you could say okay you know after two kilometers you're a little bit slower than than Pugacar but you don't say the eight seconds you say you're a little bit slower so speed it up a tiny bit you know so you need to you know, normally you wouldn't say eight seconds after. I guess you, you you don't want the rider doing math in their head. You want no, them focused. no, and also not have like okay, damn, I'm going full gas and I'm eight seconds down. You know, you, you get and then, defeated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, that's uh, that has happened. I think everybody has. Uh, you know, normally when you when they're ahead, you always say the truth, and when they're behind, you kind of try to sugarcoat it a little bit and say, <laughs> okay, you know what, we're a little bit behind. Don't worry, you're gonna get into your pace. You're stronger at the end. Keep going. Keep pushing. Right. Yeah. What's it like on time trials like this, where it's uphill at the end? Because they mm. they probably don't feel like I should be going full gas yeah. when I hit that bottom of that, because that's where the time is gained is in that climb, correct? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, also on the flats and also, but uh, you have to keep some, you know, I mean, especially on a steep climb like this, it is, you know, two and a half kilometers really steep. Uh, the challenge is that you know, you're on your time trial bike, you're in this aero position, uh, the 10 kilometers before the climb. And then all of a sudden you, you hit that climb. You have to go on a small gear, you change position, you know, you're not anywhere in the aero bars. It's completely different. And so that's also a huge change. You know, normally on a time trial bike, you're, you're, you're looking for the most aero position. You're almost not standing up. You're never out of the saddle. Then all of a sudden on that steep climb, you have to be out of the saddle. Some people have problems with time trial bikes being out of the saddle. It's a completely different way of riding. So, um, so yeah, I mean, with that code, the Domancy, which is, you know, uh, it's, it's a hard climb. It's, it's, it's very famous climb. I don't remember the year, but I do remember that Bernard, he know, won his world championships there. Uh, I, they, they did it like 20 times. This it was crazy. They did like 20 times this climb. Mm. And also, uh, George will probably not remember, but George mm. won a stage there in the Dauphiné. We, we, we came to, um, what's it called? The, uh, the place, um, I, I don't remember the place now, but anyway, the Côte de Domancy, we did it like five or six times. And him and a teammate Popovich went uh, broke away, and they had to do this climb uh, five, six times, and and George won the stage um, in the Dauphiné. So on on we won't say anything. He doesn't <laughs> listen to JB Squared anyway, so we won't tell him anything. And on on Tuesday we will ask him. If he remembers that climb. <laughs> right. Yeah. You think he would have brought that up today. If he remembered, that would have come up. He doesn't remember. <laughs> uh, now, I'll tell him something that he will remember. I'll tell him something that he will remember because okay. that was, uh, it was 2005. And uh, so the, the Dauphiné just before the tour. And so they went, they were away. And uh, so Popovich was the first year on the team. And finally, uh, so they came on the last lap and George asked me, uh, who, who of both should win, you know, because they were teammates, you know, mm -hmm. and, and since George has been so long on and, and Popovich was new on the team and he was like the new coming man, he ended up winning the white Jersey that year, actually in the tour, I said, uh, well, I think Popo should win. <laughs> and George got all pissed off, and then and then and then he he talked Popo into letting him win, and then he was he was he was he was 
afraid that I would be pissed with him. <laughs> you were just playing games a little say, bit, listen, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> if Pop was fine with it, it's fine for me, you know. <laughs> That's fun. That's you will remember story. that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we. Uh, I want you to elaborate more on an uh, individual time trial. You know, this is when it's very different from something being at the beginning of the race. Uh, how you do recon with your existing riders. So what will UAE and Jumbo do with uh, by using their riders, you know, ones that can go full gas tomorrow yeah. to get in? Well, intel? you know, for sure they have recon the, the time trial already uh, before, right? Um, they, 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 know, they know the course already. They've trained on it um, a few months ago, probably. Uh, but tomorrow morning, they're going to go recon the course. Um, whether it's all of it by bike or maybe, you know, maybe the first part or maybe the first part in the car and the last 10 kilometers by bike. But it won't, it won't be a closed course tomorrow. Yeah. In the morning, they can, in the morning they can go and they can just, I mean, just go before traffic hits, go go early, go early. And, you know, at least, at least they're going to go and do it by car at least, you know? Uh, but they're probably right the climb uh, or the, the part before the climb, you know, to, to kind of have the feel of, okay, go from the flat towards the bottom of the climb, how you need to shift and stuff like that. That's all stuff that they've done this already on training, but, you know, on race day and in race, race circumstances, it's different. Um, and then normally what happens is, you know, if both of the teams, and let's just for the sake of of, of this uh, if both of the teams, uh, Jumbo, Jumbo and UAE, um, Pogacar and Vingegaard, they will probably identify at least one rider of their team that they will want to go full, at least the first, let's say, 16, 16 kilometers until the bottom of the climb uh, f- for the following reason. You know, they will have, look, if I look here at the, at the, the profile, the Tour de France tomorrow, has three official time splits, one after seven kilometers, one after 16 kilometers, which is at the bottom of the climb, then one after 19 kilometers at the top of the climb and at the finish. You know, ideally, you want more. You want you want more splits in those first seven kilometers, and you want more splits between seven and, fifth and si- 16 kilometers. So what they will do is the Jumbo will, uh, Walt Von Aert will go full gas for sure, because he may be a candidate winner for this time trial. So uh, they will, they will follow him and they will take splits every kilometer. You know, they, every kilometer, you know, like on the, on the, on the speed, on the, on the meter of the car, you know, every time it goes to one, two, three, every, they will take a split. And then they will compare these splits. This is going to be the marching table of Pogacar, of uh, Vingegaard, sorry. This, you know, at the beginning, okay, if Walt goes here so fast and you are equal than him, but we know that you're stronger on the climb, you're good. Mm-hmm. At least then they have splits until seven kilometers to know that they're doing good. Uh, UAE will do the same. Most likely they'll have Mikkel Björk, you know, triple world champion under 23 uh, time trial. Uh, he will do the same. This guy will do a time trial of 16 kilometers. They don't care anymore about the climb, but he will go 16 kilometers full gas as if his 
as if his time trial finishes on the on the bottom of the climb, they will take those splits and then have those splits ready for when Pogacar starts. You know, and at least until kilometer seven, they will have those splits to compare with. What they will also do normally, um, I mean, I don't know what I what I what I have done in the past in these circumstances, and I'm sure they're doing it also because now they have so much staff available. Is that they will put people on the road, like after two kilometers, after four kilometers, probably like two, four, and then, you know, two, two, two people before the first split time, and they will have these people relay the time difference between Pogacar and Vingegaard on the road to the car. So in the case of, let's say, in the case of uh, Pogacar, Pogacar is in the disadvantage here. Because he starts second, Vingegaard starts last. And so after two kilometers, his staff member will take a split. And then he has to wait for three minutes until Vingegaard comes. So there's a three-minute delay in in Pogacar knowing how he is doing compared to Jonas. Whereas Vingegaard, when he comes, he will know it straight away. Because... Pogacar is already three minutes ahead of the other. Do I explain myself yes, properly? Maybe that, a bit that complicated. Makes <laughs> Did you see me gloss over a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, you and Spencer, when you guys start throwing out numbers, I just go, I feel like I'm in high school again and I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, um, but, so, but so that's going to be until kilometer 16. You know, they will probably have um, five, six people on the road to to have every two kilometers a split time to make sure that they know how they're doing compared to the other rider. I know this is not outcomes, but uh, I'm going to challenge you to put them in an in, in order. Vingigo, Pogachar, and Wout Van Aert for the time trial. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say Pogacar. Hmm. Pogacar, Vingegaard, Waldenart. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another another thing, uh, JB, in terms of time trialing, right? What they what they would do also, uh, both Pogacar and Vingegaard, depending on, you know, both of the all the, especially uh, with Mikkel Bjerg, or and then and then uh, Vingegaard probably with with somebody else. Maybe not Walt Van Aert because Walt, I don't know where he is in GC, but a guy who goes early, they will actually follow in the follow car that particular rider to see the actual race in race circumstances, you know, with the spectators. It's it, because it looks completely different than when you recon it mm-hmm. two months ago. So, not that it's, you know, very technical, but at least, you know, you see the turns, what it looks like. It's a, you know, you need to really memorize that circuit and and see it under real circumstances. So they may, they probably will go with one of their early riders to go and see the course from, from the, from the actual following car. And then, you know, probably not Wout Van Aert cause he's try, probably going to try to win, but a lot of these other riders, will they, as they're doing the, the, the time trial, will they report back, uh, in any real time, like that's a tight turn. This is slick. This is dangerous. 
or yeah. after, or do they give them a rundown after they finish? They're probably not grabbing their radios when. No, 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 no. After they finish, yeah, yeah after okay. they finish, sure. No, no, after after they finish for sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think the most important is that the guy sees it from the from the car going in the race behind one of his teammates. Mm. That's the best information on the course. Okay. Um, let's see. We, uh, I think that's it. I think that's all we have. Of course, uh, rest day tomorrow, then the time trial. Looking forward to that. We're going to jump into Ventum trivia and you could win an NS one, get the correct answer, email it in. And, uh, every day they draw from all the correct answers. And, uh, on the last day we'll draw one of those winners. Yesterday's question was who was the oldest participant of the tour and what year did he compete? That answer was Henry Pere, who was 50 when he competed in 1904. Okay. I, I'm too old now. Damn, I'm too old. <laughs> oh, hey, if you want to go for the record, you're older. No, than no, 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 no way. No way. I've said to myself, JB, and I, 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 you know, once I retired when I was 34, I said, never, ever will I put a number on my back again to compete. You know, whatever I do, I'll just do it for fun, but never, yeah. ever, ever will I enter into a competition anymore. Right. No. And now it's, now it's your, the, your sons that racing. Yeah. So I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm putting actually numbers <laughs> on, but for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, today's question, this is the one you email the answer in to, uh, and I'll give you that email in a second, but who holds the longest time span between winning the tour? How many years in between wins? That's a good one. So look it up, find the answer, and email it to trivia at ventumracing.com. All right, good luck. Uh, and then a couple questions for you here. Uh, see. Okay, here's a good one, because I, I love your stories. So uh, Zach writes, the team cars behind the Peloton always seem like a very chaotic bunch. And I imagine there's often close calls with other cars, riders, and fans. Can you speak to what it's like to be in these cars? And do you have any good stories from your days behind the wheel? That's from Zach in New Hampshire. How much time do we have? I know, right? Every, <laughs> yeah, every yeah, race, yeah. I'm sure there's something huge. There's a lot, of, a lot of good stories from the car, definitely. Um, no, I mean, especially in the Tour de France, it is, it is uh, sometimes very hectic. You know, back in back in the in, in our days, usually the first week was was always chaos. You know, you had these flat stages, stress, massive pileups. That's that's a nightmare when you're in the car because you know you're you can't pass. You know, you, you you're there. You you see on TV. Or maybe we have somebody in there. Then the mechanic needs to find out who it is that's in there. Uh, you need to you need to have a good communication with your riders. One of the riders needs to say, okay, you know, we need a bike for this guy. Then, you know, the, the mechanic needs to get the bike off and run. I mean, sometimes ride the bike because you're so far behind. Uh, so that's super, super stressful. Um, when it rains also, uh, it is very stressful because guys are coming back all the time for clothes. You know, then the mechanic needs to go in the back finding the right, first of all, the right bag of the right rain bag of the rider. Then you need to find out exactly what he needs. Mm -hmm. So you need to, you know, look into that bag 
and then the guy finally finds it and then he gives it oh no 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 not these gloves the other ones and then <laughs> and then uh, you also sometimes have sponsors in the car oh yeah these, right yeah 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 do you, yeah, put, you, do you do. ever put you ever put them to work do they, uh, they become part of the crew or do they just pass yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> i i mean i even had uh i even had phil knight uh from nike yeah phil knight in the car and uh, give, uh, i i had him hand out, hand out water bottles to the riders that'd the be car. cool that'd be cool yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. yeah um so yeah i mean it is it is incredibly hectic and and also sometimes you know not just because of what's happening in the car but with the spectators on the on the climb sometimes you know okay the race goes uh, and and sometimes you're just all of a sudden you have to stop and you have this massive bunch of spectators they kind of get on your car they hit on your car they they shake it uh it's it's sometimes okay. it's crazy 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 yeah, johan sent me this clip just so you can get an idea of it those of you watching but those of you listening will hear how chaotic it is yeah so wait, was that an actual team car there, or was that part of the caravan that we just saw and heard? Well, I think I think that's actually a car that goes in front of the race. What uh, what teams also do is they they send cars that like recon cars. So they have two team cars in the race, and then they usually have another team director who rides thirty minutes, one hour in front of the race to scout last minute the course whatever it is, weather, wind, mm. certain things, because, you know, you can't recon the whole course, right? So that's another source of information that then they have. They, all these teams have, a, a, you know, a team car up. So that car is most likely a, a recon car. Oh, the, that, they may say it right at 80K, we're taking a hard left, and then it's a crosswind. Exactly. Stuff like yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, here's another question for you. The GC battle between Jonas and Tade is, is going to be epic for the rest of the tour. I know it's early and hypothetical for next year, but how does that change if Remco Evanepoel enters the race? That's mm -hmm. from Joe in Virginia. Yeah. Well, we don't, you know, we, we, we don't know how Remco would be, would compare to these two riders, you know, for the moment he won the Vuelta. Uh, he's world champion, and and we all know that it's his goal to be in the tour and and try to win the tour. But we haven't seen anything yet that, for the moment, could say, well, he will be up there with these guys. And his team's going through a shuffle to support that. Yes, yes, yes. So that would obviously be. Uh, I, I think next year he will be at the tour. Uh, now, if you asked me today. Will Remco next year be up at the level of Jonas and Tadej? I don't know the answer yet. He's still developing as a rider. He's still learning. Uh, I think it's really good that after his unfortunate abandon in the Giro, he has decided to defend his title in the Vuelta. That's super, super important for him. Um, you know, if he can confirm in the Vuelta uh, that he's really you know, one of those top, 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 he is, he is one of those top riders, but you know, we still need to see him in the high mountains, right? We haven't seen that yet. So, um, I think the Vuelta is going to be super important for him. See if he can defend his title. He's up against Primoz Roglic, 
in the Vuelta. So that's going to be interesting. And then we don't we don't know who else will be there. Uh, probably you- Enric Mas again. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think personally, what what would be interesting to see is how Jumbo and UAE will plan next year's tour. Because now it's 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 one against one. Although if you look at the strength at the top of the team, UAE is a bit better because they have Adam Yates, who is now in fourth, potential candidate for third. Uh, Jumbo has uh, Jonas in first, Sepkus in sixth. But you know, they still have Primo Roglic. They could eventually mm-hmm. come back with Primoz Roglic and have a stronger team. And in that case, I think most likely UAE would have to kind of think of putting Juan Ayuso in the tour. Uh, well, I mean, Pogacar next year can't have the white jersey anymore, so they may, may as well want to keep <laughs> with Ayuso. But no, jokes apart, I mean, he's a super strong rider, so... I think if 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 you would then 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 again you know you are you're there with Jumbo with Vingegaard Roglic Sepkus and UAE with Pogacar Ayuso and Adam Yates you know it's again a battle of of the strength of those two teams uh and then we'll see how Remco fits into that ranking right mm-hmm. next year we'll see all right. Well, thank you for that question. Um, uh, we appreciate it. If you have a question for a future show, please send it in. Send it to JB2, JB squared at wedo.team. All right. Enjoy your rest day. Got plans? Uh, I'm going to go for a bike ride with my son. Uh, Early in the morning, have- I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> very hot here. Very hot here. Uh, and uh, we do have outcomes tomorrow. Because there's a race today after. So today there's no outcomes, but tomorrow there is. Uh, and other than that, just chill, chill at home. So, all right. Well, you enjoy it and enjoy the ride with your son. We'll be back on Tuesday for JB Squared. Okay. Speak soon. Thanks.